Good. Well, uh, we are in chapter 12 today in our, in our study of 1 Corinthians. I've kind of titled my message, Unity in Diversity. We're talking about a lot of different gifts, but just a real practical thing that's even happening right now is uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor Kate are going to go over to Fellowship Baptist Church. So they just built a new building right there on the corner of Salnave and like 1st Street or 902, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they just built a building. And for a lot of you in this church body, you've been through this building campaign process. And it's stressful. It's hard. And there's, you know, all these different things and dynamics that happen. And um, so Mark reached out to them and just said, hey, we want, we want to we bless you. And our, and our council wanted to use some funds from our general fund to bless them. And so Mark's going to go give them a blessing. And we're actually going to support them and getting some gutters for their new building. Um, just say, hey, we want to just bless you. We understand this is hard. And so, yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool, huh? And what I love about it is we, we don't align exactly on every theological point, um, our church and their church, but we see the big picture, and we, we see that the big picture to be unified as the body of Christ and to really live that out. And so that's just a real practical way of that happening in action here in our community because, hey, there are people in Cheney that need to know Jesus, and they may not find Jesus here at this church. They can find it at Fellowship Baptist or at, a, at another church, and so we really believe in just that vision. So I think it's just a cool thing. Um, for that. And so I thought, let's pray for them. Let's, let's pray for Fellowship Baptist. Let's pray for just this morning, and then we'll get on with the word. Sound good? Well, Lord Jesus, um, thank you so much that we can, again, gather here in this building, that we have been blessed um, with just the people who have given um, to this vision um, to help people know Jesus and live for you daily, Lord, and that we could sit here in the, in the heat, in the warmth, in nice chairs and, and all those things, Lord, that we can stream our messages, and what a blessing that is, Lord Jesus. And, and um, I just pray that same blessing for Fellowship Baptist as they have done a big campaign and they've built a building, they've gone through just a season of just navigating all the ins and outs of that, Lord. And so, God, I'm just praying for their leadership, for, their, for just their church as a whole, that you continue to work in them, Lord Jesus, that they will be used to be a blessing to the other people in Cheney um, that need to know who Jesus is and that they would be equipped and empowered in, in, your, in your gifts, Lord, um, to live for you every single day as this, as this mission um, to, to create disciples is carried out through all of this community and just through the, through the state and the world, Lord. And so, um, God, we pray for them. And Jesus, for our time this morning, Holy Spirit, speak through me right now. Let it be your words and not my words that are, that are spoken and just let your truth um, just, be, just be there. And so, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds to receive from you this morning. Whether we're here in person or we're at home um, live streaming or we're in the car listening to this or whatever it is, Lord, that, Holy Spirit, you be working in our hearts and our minds to just receive from your truth, which is your word, Lord. So we pray this in your mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we are in chapter 12. Um, so if you have your, uh, your Bibles with you or your iBibles or, you know, version, um, go to chapter 12. I'm going to be in the New Living Translation, and I'm going to essentially read the entire chapter this morning. I figure it's never a bad idea to err on Scripture. Like, 
I can talk less and just let the scripture speak. And so that's kind of what's happening because there's a lot going on in this section of scripture. We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. And so I want to kind of just recenter us really quick on just the context of where we're at here in this study of 1 Corinthians. And so throughout the previous chapters earlier on in our, in our study, uh, Paul is addressing the church in Corinth. And he's being kind of like, hey, you're not doing things right. He's showing a lot of truth, but with love. But like Mark said last week, he's putting his dad hat on. He's like, hey, these things are not good. There was a lot of disunity. There was, um, they were not basically showing Jesus love in what they were doing as a church. And the culture was kind of permeating itself within the, within the church. And it wasn't going well. And so Paul is hearing what's happening. He's like, this has got to stop. This is not how Jesus should be preached or showed um, with people within the church. And so we got to change some things. And so what happens now in, in chapter 11, which is right before this, is Paul starts to just turn the corner to talk about the actual church meetings. So before he's addressing them as like the church and how they're conducting themselves, now he's going into the actual gathering of the church. And again, like Mark said last week, he's putting his dad hat on and he's, he's saying, you're doing this stuff completely wrong. And he's just showing them the truth with love in this. And so I want to just go back really quick to a verse in chapter 11, and that's in verse 17. It says this, Paul says, in the following instructions, again, instructions about uh, their church meetings, I cannot praise you, for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. So he is, he's laying it out. He's like, when you guys meet together, it's not good. It's actually causing harm within the church body. Then he goes into um, just the structure for, for communion. And by the way, Mark did a fabulous job last week in his message um, talking about the heart of communion and just a shameless plug as well. Uh, Mark and I started a midweek podcast where we take our Sunday messages and we just kind of expand on them a little bit more and talk about some other things within our culture from a, from a biblical perspective. But it's live. It's, it's on our podcast channels, on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all those things. So shameless plug. Uh, in the midweek, it's released on Wednesdays. It's called The Midweek. It's on our Cheney Face Center podcast channel. Um, it's just a, about a half-hour conversation um, about that more so. So shameless plug on that, but it's also been really fun for Mark and I to just dialogue more because uh, we have a set amount of time. I'm actually looking at my timer right now, just count down, count down. And we have so much we want to cover, so it's nice to have another space to dialogue a little bit more on just what God wants to show us in his word. So, yeah, so now we're going into chapter 12, and Paul is going to be talking about spiritual gifts and the special abilities that the Holy Spirit gives us as Christ followers to take his mission forward and to continue to help people know Jesus and to live for him daily. So what I want to do, though, is I want to get some grounding as we go into this section of Scripture. Um, it's going to be somewhat of a brief grounding because there's so many rabbit holes that you can go down. Um, but uh, here at CFC, we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are still for the church of today. That when Jesus gave us his Holy Spirit and direction for exercising this gift, it was to fulfill his great commission until he returns. Um, as far as I know, Jesus hasn't returned yet. I don't know if, unless I missed anything but um, I'm pretty sure he hasn't returned yet. 
And so as far as I know, again, we should probably still be using the gifts of the Spirit to help this carry forward um, as we help people know Jesus and live for him daily. Um, The gifts, we believe, have not ceased. They are all still available for all believers. And we are actually encouraged, and Paul does this not only in this chapter, but further on in this section, to earnestly seek the giftings, to still ask the Lord to be gifted by the Holy Spirit. And there's actually really no scriptural direction to stop at any point. There's nothing that's within, within the whole of Scripture that says, oh, you should actually stop right now seeking what the Holy Spirit is doing. And so for us at Cheney Faith Center, we say, yeah, the gifts are for today, and we should honestly seek those things as we live for Jesus. Now, there is a like spectrum of this, and there's scholars and theologians that have different thought points, and there's those that we would say are cessationists, and they say that like the gifts completely have ceased, that they are not for the church today, all the way to the side of the uh, charismatic uh, movements. And we're more on that side, the charismatic movements, through our Pentecostal theology, saying like, no, we, we believe the gifts are for today, and that we should seek them, we should use them, and we should use them with how Paul directs us in an in in orderly way so that we can point people to Jesus. And so that's kind of our grounding right here, because we believe that without the gifts of the Spirit, uh, we're, not, we're not using what God has gifted us. And so we need to be grounded in that and to be using that as we move forward with the Great Commission to help people know Jesus. Um, so that's kind of our basis right here. And so now I'm going to go into chapter 12, and I'm just going to start in verses 1 through 6. And again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. So what what Paul is doing is he's setting up a standard that there are special abilities in the Spirit, and that is a good thing. That is a great thing. And in these special abilities, there should be a continuum of the lordship of Jesus in all of it. Essentially, every gift should point to Jesus and display Jesus. So yeah, our first point is our use of spiritual gifts should always point to Jesus. In antiquity, so the ancient culture, the understanding of divine movement or like the special abilities of a God working included excessive physical behavior, shaking, shouting, throwing oneself around violently, and making pretty much like a big scene. Um, but what Paul is saying, he's like, it's essentially fake. Because what he says in verse 2 is, when you were pagans doing all this, you were worshiping speechless idols. There was nothing divine about them at all. So these people were just trying to just do their thing to kind of garner attention and to just say like, oh, like I'm super holy and all this stuff. And so the church in Corinth was kind of following with the culture of that a little bit. And they weren't reflecting Jesus in what their gifts were. 
So the directive then is for Christ followers when exercising the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, the true God, is to do it like differently, to show separation from the culture around what it really means to use our spiritual gifts. And it's to point people to Jesus. So again, our, spiritual, or our use of spiritual gifts should always point people to Jesus, and they should always be about Jesus. When it comes to healing, it should lead people to know that Jesus is our healer, not that we're this you know, powerful person that can just heal whoever we want to on the spot. It should always bring a person back to the majesty of who Jesus is. Prophetic messages or teaching, it should always point to Jesus. It should always bring Jesus at the core of what we're doing as Christ followers. Not pointing to us in a selfish way, but pointing to Jesus and putting him on the pedestal of everything. We are human, though. Sometimes our own selfish motives can get mixed in with what God is doing. And this is what Paul is addressing to the church in Corinth. He's, he's calling them out in truth and in love. He's bringing them back to what needs to be so they can flourish as a healthy, unified church in the city that they're living in, which is in Corinth a very um, cultured city where there's lots of pagan idol worship going on. He again wants them to be united to show a separation from the culture uh, for people to say like, wow, like that must be real because there's something different about this. And there's actual move, excuse me, there's actual movements of God's spirit and it's pointing to Jesus. So again, it's bringing lost people to Jesus, not to themselves. And we know why Paul is addressing these things, because as we read further on in chapter 13 and 14, he's relating back to these spiritual gifts and how the church was misusing them and how the church was causing more division in their spiritual gifts throughout this time. So let's go back to the text now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be in verse 7. I'm going to read a fairly large chunk. I'm going to break it up a little bit. We're going to go to verse 27, and it says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, I want to just note something right here at the end of this little section of, of verse 11. It kind of seems like the Holy Spirit is like a hoarder of gifts. And he's like, oh, I'm going to choose what one you get or what one you don't get. Kind of like this, like, wait, like, that doesn't seem fair. Like, he just kind of, like, had, like, all the cards, you know, and he's like, ah, maybe I'll give that one to you. Yeah, maybe I'll give that one to you. That's what it kind of seems like when you read this, but that's not the heart and the context of this. What's, what's, what's the context in the heart is the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit in his perfect will, and God in his perfect will, gives direction towards us. It's not us dictating what we want for a spiritual gift. It's the Holy Spirit saying, no, you need this right now in your life. So as you're praying for someone, 
You might think, like, I don't have the gift of healing. No, ask for it. And the Holy Spirit's like, yes, like, I'm going to give that to you because you've never, you thought, I only have the spirit of making macaroni and cheese. Like, how can I pray for this person, right? No, the Holy Spirit has control of this, and he can give this out to us. See, it's, it's about him. It's not about us. It's not about us dictating what we want. It's about God giving us and having the control over that. Yes, some people may be more gifted in one gift or another, but that doesn't limit what the Holy Spirit can do and will do in each and every one of our lives. Again, you may think you don't have the gift of prophecy. You're like, I'm a person who I never want to speak in front of anybody or even speak to a person. Like, it freaks me out, especially when it comes to stuff about God. Like, I don't have the gift of prophecy. I would say, have you asked for it? Have you prayed about it? Have you ever had that feeling of like, I should probably talk to that person because, man, right now, I feel like the Lord's just telling me to speak this to them. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. So act on it. Be obedient to that. And I believe in that obedience, God will do some amazing things, not only in that person's life, but in your life as well. So I want to, again, encourage you, you're not just pigeonholed into one little area. I only have the gift of mac and cheese, y'all. So I'm out of the other ones. No. Let's ask the Lord for what he wants to do in our life so we can use that in, in a very diverse way to accomplish his mission. We have to seek it. We have to ask for it. And so that's something that we need to do as the body of Christ. Now, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Again, there's unity in the body of Christ because we are unified in Jesus. That is the connector of everything. We are diverse in our makeup of ethnicities and economic status and all sorts of things, but we are united with Jesus, and that's what brings this unity that speaks volumes to the, cult- to the culture around. Uh, verse 14, yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. But if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. I always think of like those weird, is it Picasso paintings? Um, where it's like, what is that? There's like this giant ear like across the face. I'm like... Maybe Picasso was just trying to take this scripture and like literally like, uh, um, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. Verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye could never see, say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with, with the greatest care, so we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. 
This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Verse 27, our memory verse. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. What I love that Paul is saying here, and this is our next point, is everyone and every gift is needed to accomplish the mission of Jesus. What he's saying in this context is, you know, this body part, that body part, we need them all. Even the ones that you think like, well, that's not a very important one. No, it is, it is important and vital to the church moving forward to accomplish the God-sized vision that all people would come back in a relationship with him. The Great Commission, that's a big task. We need the empowerment. We need the giftings of the Holy Spirit, the wide, diverse giftings of the Holy Spirit to accomplish this mission. Now, again, why is Paul hitting this whole thing so hard about this body part, that body part, and blah, 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 blah? It's because the church was not united. As we go back to the context of this entire letter, the church is not united. The church is being a bunch of babies, not submitting to a Jesus-first mission. They're being selfish is what's happening. And Paul's saying, stop being selfish. Stop thinking you are the best person for this one gift that does not work in the body of Christ. There's a diverse amount of gifts, and they all work together. And what's also uh, Paul is doing, and it kind of makes sense as you read into chapter 13 and chapter 14, is he's hitting the elitist mentality within the church that they were very uh, prophetic in their giftings, the church of, Cor- uh, of Corinth, um, and they really liked to let the Holy Spirit move in them. So speaking in tongues, prophecy. And they have this tendency to say, like, if you don't do this, you're not a true Christian. This is like what they were emanating within the church culture. And these other people have other giftings. They're like, wait, so I'm not, like, wanted in this church? Like, and that just caused more and more division to what was happening. So Paul is saying, no. How you guys are doing this currently is not pointing people to Jesus, you're actually, again, causing more harm in the church than good. And so let's stop. Let's retract back and let's do this thing the right way. So that's what Paul is doing in, all, in this entire section is bringing the whole church back to this notion that, no, you got to be united because you guys are completely, dis, you're, you're, you're in disunity. You're not united at all. It, it reminds me of a football team. We're in football season and some colleges are playing football. Eastern's not, which I'm bummed about. Um, but you always see, like, at the end of the game, the star player, a running back, quarterback, whoever it is. Let's just say it's the running back. They have a massive game, you know, three touchdowns, a bunch of yards rushing, all that stuff. And they always come to the post-game interview, and they always, you know, interview them like, yo, man. And they always ask, like, that kind of dumb question, like, how did you score those touchdowns? I would love for once for the, the person to be like, well... I moved my feet and my legs in a series of forward motions, and I did it really, really fast, and that got me to a point across called the end zone, and then I fell into the end zone and got a touchdown. That's how it happened. (laughs) I'd love for them just to be like super just like dry in their answer, but they're obviously not doing that. But but if that person in that post-game interview said, oh yeah, touchdowns, that's who I am, yo, like 
It's all about me. Like, I don't have a team. Like, I'm the actually only good player on the team. If it wasn't for me, like, there'd be nothing happening. Instead, usually what happens is they say it was a team effort. You know, the, the linemen, the beef up front were just causing these massive lanes for me to run through, and I got touchdowns. If the running back said the other thing, like, it's all about me, it's only because of me, like, I'm the gift, like, I'm the actual only true football player, like, that person, that player would be left in the locker room. If they're playing in Miami and they play for the Seahawks, like, sorry, dude, you got to find your flight back home, right? Like, they'd be like, get out of here. It's a team effort, right? You got to have the unity in the team because every person has a job to accomplish their goal. Again, that's what Paul is saying. He's hitting this big picture. He's saying, you guys are not united. You are not showing Jesus. And you have to have this unity in the diversity that you have as a church the diverse makeup of who you are and how God has gifted you to truly accomplish the mission of Jesus. And I want to just talk a little bit on our memory verse again. And April did a fantastic job on that. For our memory verse, I will put it on the screen one more time. It's verse 27. It says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. We all have a job. We all have a responsibility to execute as the body of Christ. We, we can't sit this one out, y'all. Like, we just can't. Like, that's not what we're called to do. We are called to be a part of the game. We don't have an excuse to this out. Every person is important, and every gift is important. There are moments every day in our lives and in our context that God will use for his glory to point people back to him. You might be asking, like, this is like the first time I've really heard about the spiritual gifts or we've talked about this in this type of, like, setting. Like, wh like what are they? Like, I see them listed, but, like, what does that actually mean? Well, there's a few good next steps that I want to encourage you to do, and that's primarily through our journal. So this session's journal in this week about chapter 12, we have a couple of resources that you can use. The first one is in day two, the read and pray. The last question actually says, hey, scan this QR code or type in this URL, and you'll be linked to a spiritual gifts test, an online one. Now, this is not, not an end-all, be-all. We're not saying, like, after this test, this is who you are for all time and all that stuff. This is a good first step to start to, like, just say, like, well, how has God maybe kind of gifted me, and, and what is he using in me right now? And if you're, like, serious about wanting to know more about this, I want to challenge you, like, reach out to us. Myself, Pastor Mark, Pastor Kate, um, text us, email us, call us. If, we, if you're here in person or throughout the week, dropping off in a coin gift card or an Amazon gift card for a coin, like, just stop us. Say, hey, like, I want to talk more about spiritual gifts because I'm a little confused or I did this test and it said this. Like, what does that mean? How can that be used? We would love to help equip you and to dialogue more on those things. Because we believe it's super important and vital to accomplish the mission of Jesus. Also, right now, like as I'm kind of going through this section of Scripture, there's a lot that's happening right here, a lot of unpacking that still needs to occur. And so Mark actually, in the last couple of years, has been writing a fairly large document about the spiritual gifts. And so in our journals, I think it's day four, no, past day five, in the looking for more section, there's another QR code with another URL you can use that links to this document, this PDF document. I think it's about 11 or 12 pages that just take the spiritual gifts that are listed here and expands on them. 
gives them more scriptural basis, and even talks about like how they can be misused or how they should be used and how this looks like in our context and all that stuff. A great, great resource. That I want to encourage you as you go through your journal time this week, like check that out. Because it's something that it just will help you do a deep dive into more about the spiritual gifts. And so a little plug for our journal, but also just want to encourage you all that this is a great next step, first step um, to talk and just learn more about the spiritual gifts. All right, we're going to start kind of rounding the corner here. So I want to finish up in this last section of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be in verse 28, and it says this. Paul is saying, here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Verse 29, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And this is a transition sentence into chapter 13, which is all about love. And that's like the greatest thing that we should always be desiring is love in all that we do. But I want to just kind of unpack a little bit that section there in verse 28, where, where Paul is giving a list of gifts. Um, you know, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. And I believe he is listing these out in importance, but for the church of Corinth at that time. You will notice that the gift of tongues is last in that list. It's not because it should not be sought after. Paul actually encourages the church to seek spiritual gifts of tongues and prophecy, but he's putting it last because if you read in chapter 14, that's all they were doing as a church. They were just literally constantly speaking in tongues, and people are like, what is going on in this church? And it wasn't pointing people to Jesus at that moment in that context. And so Paul, kind of like tongue-in-cheek, kind of takes them down a notch, like the very last one is tongues. Not because it's important, or uh, not important, it is very much important, but he's talking to the church right now, and he's saying, you guys are missing some other really good gifts that you need right now in the church. Apostles, prophecy, teaching. Because the church was just really self-focused. They weren't focused on actually being outward in their profession of faith. He's like, you need some apostles to start going out and start to create some more churches. You need some, you need some prophetic people to start giving truth. You need some people to teach the word of God in a biblical manner because right now you guys are jacked up and messed up as a church and nobody's teaching the truth. So he's saying you should be seeking those gifts. You are erring on the side of, you only need this one gift. It's not good. That's not bringing you, uh, unity to the church. So that's what he's saying here. He's like, let's seek these good gifts. You need some apostles. You need some prophets. You need some teachers. Let's seek those. Let's, let's make sure that we are elevating those in the church as well. Let's show that unity and the diversity that God has gifted within the church. So we should be seeking the greatest gifts. And I believe 
It's those that we are not actually open to seeking at the time. You might be like, well, I'm just always the person who does gifts of hospitality. That's great, and we need that. But also ask the Lord, do I have the gift of healing? Do I have the gift of prophecy? Do I have the gift of leadership? Like you should be seeking those gifts as well. So our last point this morning is this. Where have I gone blind and how God can use me? Or where have I gone blind and how God has gifted me? The church in Corinth, they were blind. They were saying, it's only really this one gift that's important. It's the most spiritual, and you only need to have that one. If you're not doing that one, you're not a spiritual person. Paul says, no, 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 no. They're all important. They're all needed to accomplish the mission of Jesus. See, we have access to the gifts of the Spirit when we seek after them. We don't stop seeking. We continue to ask by faith what God has gifted us and what God will do and can do in each and every one of our lives. Praying for healing, I'll just say, there's many times where I've prayed for healing and it's not worked out. I've been there. I am there and I will be there. But I've also been used by God in miraculous ways to see healing happen like that. And so I don't let the past circumstances end the promises that God can still do in our lives through him and through his Holy Spirit. We need to ask, continually say by faith, Lord, gift me with healing or gift me with a prophetic message or Lord, just use me in however I need to be, however I need to be used in this context. Don't say no to the Lord. Again, I'm, I keep using the mac and cheese thing, but I'm only the mac and cheese guy. Like, don't use that excuse. Paul is saying they're all important. Seek after them. So what I want to do just for a few moments, and I don't think we should leave here today unless we take a moment to just be with Jesus, just to be with his Holy Spirit, and just to have a moment just to say, Lord, like, where have you gifted me? Or maybe it's, Lord, I feel this, this urging towards this direction. Like, give me faith to step forward in that gifting. It might be miraculous works, prophetic message, to teach, to have wisdom, to have faith. Maybe you're saying like, Lord, I don't have a lot of faith right now. Give me your gift of faith so I can take that next step in my life. So I believe all of us in this room, everyone at home that's watching this is gifted and will be gifted and will continue to be used by God in miraculous ways. So we're gonna have just a moment just to just soak, is what I like to call it, just to be with Jesus, just to close your eyes, just to kind of make a quiet space, because I think, man, in our culture right now, like, we don't do that enough. Like, our quiet time usually means uh, putting Netflix on, having my Instagram feed on, and watching, like, the, like, whatever else is happening. Like, that's what our culture says is, like, relaxing. I think it would do us good to just have some time to be with Jesus and just to allow the Holy Spirit to just speak to us and minister to us in this time. And maybe it's, again, there's someone that you have been praying for. You said, well, I'm done praying for that person. I haven't seen change. 
I haven't seen them be healed or I haven't seen their heart change, pray for them again. Believe that God will gift you in the ways of the miraculous to see healing or to see that person's heart turn back to Jesus. So Karen's just going to play a little bit and I want to just give us some time um, just to be with Jesus. So at home, just create, just create a space in your living room, dining room, wherever you're watching um, to just be with Jesus. I simply ask like, Lord, gift me. Lord, how have you gifted me? Lord, give me the boldness to step forward in this gifting. And after a while, just come up and I'll pray for us and then we'll, we'll, we'll call it a day. Just take a moment to be with Jesus. right now um, I don't know who this is for but somebody at home or here is just to pray for that person you've been praying for um, even right now in this moment just to to lay your hand on them and believe for healing I don't know if that's for somebody at home who's sitting right next to you in the couch or whatever but just reach over and just pray for them whatever it is and just believe God didn't do a miracle in their life. Or for somebody here, it's when you go home and, or I don't know, or somebody maybe sitting right here, just, just pray for them right now in this moment. Believe that God didn't do a miracle in their life. Lord Jesus, you are good. And you give good gifts to your children. That is your Holy Spirit. the moment that you breathed your spirit 
into us, Lord. We are not just normal people. We are now changed people, empowered by your spirit to accomplish miraculous things. And we need everyone. Every gift is important. Every gift is to be used to point people to you, to glorify you, to make your name famous. So Lord, let us be unified in the diverse collection that you have given your church to accomplish the Great Commission. Lord, for us in this room, for myself included, that still have these moments of what ifs and whys and all this stuff, Lord, let us take that step forward and ask and to seek what you've gifted your church, Lord. God, we believe you are moving. And we know you're moving because of the transformations that are happening here in our church, in our community, as people are coming to faith. And what is so encouraging is not just from one person, it's not just from Pastor Mark or Pastor Cooper or Pastor Kate or Pastor Karen doing worship. It's coming because there is a collection of people that are going out using their gifts to point people back to you. And that is the church. We need one another so we can move outwardly to this world that so desperately needs hope and desperately needs your love and forgiveness. So God, continue to use us in mighty ways in every little context that we are in throughout the days and weeks. Let us be faithful and bold to use the giftings that we have for your name to be made famous. Lord, we pray these things in your mighty, mighty name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I also did you guys a favor. You just read the first chapter of your journals, so you're a day ahead now. So there you go. Um, but again, just be reading in that journal. Um, really let the, the, let the text come alive and dive in this week to the spiritual gifts. So be blessed. Know that Jesus loves you. Pastor Kate, Pastor Mark, myself, we love you. Everyone loves you here. It's all good. It's all good. Which, by the way, on that podcast, Mark was like, how should I end this podcast? And I was like, I think you know how you should end it. He was like, oh, yeah, Jesus loves you. So did Kate and I. <laughs> it was great. It was great. So, um, all right, well, have a good rest of your week. And um, let us know if you want to talk more on spiritual gifts. We'd love it. All right.